This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly, and welcome to the um, Cyber Law and Business Report broadcast live here from the Internet Law Center in the heart of Silicon Beach here in Santa Monica. Um, the sun is shining again in, in Southern California, so we got a nice, um, warm, sunny day and, and a, a great show for you. It's our, one of my favorites to do. It's our annual Heroes and Zeros show where we talk about some of the heroes of the Internet in the last year and some of the zeros of the Internet in the last year. And we have um, some repeat guests, and our, our old friend Dan Tynan will be with us, and um, Jonathan Handel, um, who will be joining us in a second. And um, Jonathan is actually, a, he's a hybrid. Um, he's been on our show. He's both a journalist and a lawyer, um, and he is uh, regularly um, reported in the uh, Hollywood Reporter, where he's a contributing editor and um but he practices in the area of entertainment, new media, technology, and intellectual property, and um, as well as uh, subjects he blogs on um, entertainment law, at digital media law, and on the Huffington Post. Jonathan, you're with us. I sure am. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for coming back. Um, so you know the, the setup of this uh, event, um, and is Dan with us, by the way? We will get him momentarily. But in any event, John, I want to thank you for joining the setup. We um, this is a kind of a, a, a free flowing conversation where we talk about some of the heroes and zeros of the last year, and um, we actually put it on our, our blog, um, cyberlawradio.wordpress.com, um, uh, forty five nominations in, in both categories. And um, but before we start on that. Um, do you have any that you'd like to add or, or, or any you'd like to single out on either side? Well, um, I, I think we've got a good comprehensive list here. Uh, many of them I'm familiar with, not all of them. Uh, I, I certainly, as we talked about, think that um, the Ebola fighters, the, uh, the doctors and other medical providers who are courageous enough to do that may not be uh, cyber heroes, but they certainly are uh, heroes in, in my mind. And then um, on the 
uh, debit side of the ledger, as it were, on the zero side. Uh, obviously, Sony, uh, which I think is on our on our list as well, uh, really is in a very difficult position, and it's an evolving story. Um, we don't even know whether the the movie that sparked all this, called the Interview, uh, is actually going to end up getting released. Already, some theater chains have pulled it. Really. Yes, um, Carmike Cinemas, which is the fourth largest theater chain, has said that they won't be playing the movie. Another Why? smaller, several smaller chains, and Sony has said to the exhibitors themselves, um, "Look, it's your call. We won't object if you um, if you don't play the movie." Which uh, which really is a way of of, of of popping a hot potato into someone else's hands. And uh, the latest reports are that other studios are actually not happy with Sony for not simply going ahead and, and pulling it. They want Sony to pull the movie because they're afraid that the potential for violence, uh, the threats from the hackers, that there would be a 9-11 type event at theaters that show the movie, uh, will create an unpleasant atmosphere in cinemas over the holiday season. Do you really want to go to, you know, do you really want to go to the movies on Christmas day and uh, have to go through a metal detector? So it's a tough situation. So basically, they're worried that this that the interview may kill one of the, the busiest movie-going weekends um, in the year. That's exactly right. And uh, box office is down this year uh, several percent. And uh, frankly, has over the last decade, decade and a half, has been pretty stable to downward. It's it's not a growing business, and as people you know obviously continue to buy larger and larger TVs and watch things at home and the influence of Netflix and the, uh, the good stuff that's on Netflix and, and other television channels, all of that. And the internet and video games uh, have proved to be very potent competition for uh, box office, which drives a lot of the, uh, the ancillary markets. The better a picture does at the box office, the better it does on home video and so forth. And so it's a very worrisome situation uh, for the for the studios in general. And this was sort of the the last nail in the coffin that they uh, that they needed. And, you know, and you know, it, it's not just a matter of you know them mishandling the release. I mean, the breach itself. I mean, Sony had been hacked multiple times just two years ago, and so they had to see this coming. And I know they hired a firm, a security firm, that you know issued a report that this was unprecedented. But as soon as they did, the entire security industry came down on that firm saying, well, it shows that any security firm can be bought because this was anything but unprecedented. And, you know, you had the usual problems. You had people whose passwords were password. Um, Right. And so knowing what you're – you're poking someone in the eye and you're basically, you know, standing in front of them totally exposed and with a kick me sign, I mean, come on. Well, it really is kind of amazing, and you know, you're right. I mean, the in terms of the provocative nature of the picture, this is a a movie that is um, that depicts the fictional comedic assassination of the North Korean uh, uh, leader. And obviously, I'm no fan of the North Korean government, and I don't know that many people are. But you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, and someone uh, did a movie depicting the assassination of Obama, you know, you can imagine how. Uh, we would react, and right. you know, and the North Korean government is, uh, you know, it's 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 not it's not surprising. It certainly was foreseeable that this would, you know, could turn into an enormous hack. 
But, you know, in terms of the precedented or unprecedented nature, there are aspects of this that are unprecedented. It really is uh, perhaps the first time, on a large scale at least, that hackers have gone after a company not for economic gain, like stealing credit card numbers from from Target or from J.P. Morgan Chase, that kind of thing, but frankly, uh, to make an effort to destroy the company. Right. That's well, what it, this, it's been called hacktivism. And, well, um, right. Well, this, or, this is more hacked terrorism. Yeah, it, it is hacked terrorism. Um, it, it absolutely is. And it's, I think that this will not be the last time that we'll see this because if they, whether it's the North, whoever the they is, whether it's the North Korean government or, and or the Chinese government, as you know, as, as some people suspect, whether it's some other combination of actors, whatever it might be, if they can do this to Sony, they can do it to GM, they can do it to the right. New York Stock Exchange, to hospitals, to state governments, to the federal government. And, you know, you only have to look, uh, speaking of the federal government, at Edward Snowden. Now, I applaud, by and large, Snowden's revelation of the spying on Americans by the NSA. But look at it from a cybersecurity standpoint, and you're like, okay, the NSA is supposed to be the people with the most sophisticated computer knowledge in the entire federal government, basically. And yet Snowden, who wasn't even an NSA employee, he was a consultant out in Hawaii, was able to hoover up all the data that he wanted. So where was their cybersecurity? Right. Uh, you know, well, then the, there's the flip side of Snowden, too, is that what it has done is it has frozen all debate on cybersecurity. And so we're not doing anything to advance cybersecurity. Um, we're still trying to figure out what, what it is that the NSA is doing, and that's hurting us in foreign markets. I mean, what Snowden has done, you know, whether you think it's good or bad, um, has, has had catastrophic effects or at least you know, very negative effects um, in the short term in, in other areas that have the kind of like collateral damage. That's true. But, you know, f- focusing back on, um, on Sony for a moment and on the issue of security, I frankly lay some of the blame for this at the feet of the computer industry. Uh, I think that the industry has not prioritized security and, uh, you know, to the extent that it needs to, it's sort of analogous to the auto industry that invented seatbelts, but then didn't implement them for years until they were required, invented airbags, and then delayed two decades until they were re- re- required. And, you know, the fact that you can, that any software would allow your password to be the word password is crazy. The fact that uh, our keyboards don't include fingerprint readers and that our monitors don't include webcams with retinal scans so that, you know, more sophisticated biometric security could be implemented is also crazy. It's, it's, it's frankly reckless on the part of the computer industry uh, to create a situation where we rely on computers and the Internet to live so much of our lives, including the sensitive portions, whether financial, health information, sexual, personal emails, whatever, and yet not make it easy to have everything encrypted you know, to this day, I can't send you an encrypted email with any great ease. Uh, that's ridiculous. Well, I mean, there is that. But there's also the fact that there was a survey done two years ago of global executives. And they asked them whether there was uh, whether they thought they were spending enough on cybersecurity. And amazingly, like 83% said no. Um, and I think, you know, that is a big issue. Not, you know, Sony clearly is one example. But um, even... 
Target. We're seeing the Home Depot breach and tar- Target and Home Depot are on a zeros list. You know, Home Depot, I mean, basically they, they just didn't have basic measures that could have prevented this stuff. And, and so that's what, um, you know, that's where you, you blame really goes when you're not making the investment. And that's also what the Snowden ripple effect is because there's been no push on cybersecurity legislation. There's no push on actually mandating or requiring certain standards. The only one doing anything in this area is the FTC by going after companies on data breaches and saying, you know, it's, it's an unfair practice by right. not having adequate security. You know, even even in one of the areas where there are uh, legislative requirements, which is banking, because banking, you know, the regulators need banks to be, uh, regulate banks to ensure what's called safety and soundness. Right. Meaning, you know, and that includes some very specific uh, cybersecurity requirements. But even there, we saw J.P. Morgan Chase get uh, get hacked. Uh, you know, to a to again to a crazy and enormous degree. So it's the retailers, it's the banks, uh, it's uh, it's it's all over. Right, and that and so that's the thing. I mean, we have it's each year we're having more and more awful. Um, breaches and you know, are we doing enough to stop it? Fire away, Dan. What's what's your cool. um, professional radio? I love it. Um, well, I caught the tail end of your conversation. You guys were talking about encryption uh, and security. Yes. Um, so I'm wondering though. Uh, I don't know if the context is hero or zero in this instance. Um, um, well, Jonathan was saying zero because we were um, railing on. Um, we were railing on Sony. Ah, well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are zero, although the Guardians of Peace are a bigger zero, really. True. Uh, whoever the Guardians of Peace are, right? But I'm actually a hero in this space, which I'm, I'm going to nominate Google and Apple. because, uh, And I'm also going to nominate um, my own employer a little bit, Yahoo. Um, and the reason being is that uh, with iOS 8 and with Google Lollipop, Android 5.0, encryption is the default. Very good. And that, and that is the state of being that we need to be in. Uh, in fact, everyone needs to make encryption as the default. And it's something big corporations have been reluctant to do, um, and it's something that consumer-facing organizations have been reluctant to do. But they're starting to move on to that, and they're getting a hell of a lot of pressure from above, uh, in particular um, three-letter agencies. Really? Because it makes it a lot harder for them. Oh, F- yeah. F- FYI, um, WTF, which one? <laughs> yeah, one of those. LOL, actually, is a big one. Um, now, uh, James Coney of the FBI um, made a number of public statements in the middle of October about how um, Google and Apple are harming uh, the future of our children uh, by making encryption the default and by making it so that they cannot serve a court order on either of those companies to release uh, passwords because those companies won't have the passwords. I mean, that you know, talking about... Um you know, a zero here. We have the United States government who, who has a huge interest, financial interest. You know, their economy relies upon the presence of adequate security. And they are undermining it because they're insisting on back doors. So, and yeah, you know, back doors open in multiple directions and from multiple parties. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, it's a tough one though. You know, yeah, I can see the point of view. Um, there's certainly a thriving black market on the internet um, that goes mostly into the radar. 
and you know, you see things like the Sony hack and the quote Guardians piece unquote. And I love the fact that their acronym is GOP, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, and you want the, you want to get them right. Right. You want to say why can't we do a trace route on this stupid thing that took to, to pay spin and take these mofos down? So, you know, I can see their point of view too, but so it's a really difficult, delicate balance. And the problem here is that the government has overstepped so broadly that, you know, seeing They've lost credibility. Yeah. yeah, total loss of credibility. Now, let's, let's jump to a, a hero. Um, and it, it's a big money hero, I think, is the um, ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Did, did any of you get doused? <laughs> Not on. Oh, my God. Dan? I did not. I get I I did get challenged and I declined. You declined. I actually <laughs> I, I actually had a response prepared. No one challenged me. So um an amazing viral campaign raised hundred and fifteen million dollars in cold cash, you might say. And um you know, for a charity that in terms of the um the disease ranking in you know, in terms of fundraising was really a doormat. And just propelled it to you know first year status. It was a it was a weird phenomenon, um, and unfortunately, people went to extremes, and some people actually died. No, I spoke really. Some people yeah. died. Yeah. Wow. Some people did some really stupid things and died. So, so um, there's the yeah, ice bucket Darwin Awards, or is that? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. There's actually there's also entire clips on video of ice bucket fails where people, you know, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a couple of those, yeah, yeah, well, but so it went a little too viral, probably. Yes, it kind of reminds me there was a Quora question. You know, what happens if you tickle a tiger? And (laughs) my (laughs) my response was, you become immediately famous in emails labeled Darwin Awards. But, um, do, Dan, do you have any heroes or zeros you want to single out? Well, one of the things, it's more commercial um, and less policy-driven, but one of the heroes is actually T-Mobile. Uh, really? My reason is because, yeah, because um, John Legere, who is their uh, CEO, who is just a wild man, uh, you know, he's famous for, he, he shows up to everything wearing uh, a pink T-Mobile t-shirt and pink sneakers. Uh, and throwing F-bombs left and right. Um, but what he's trying to do is he's trying to completely disrupt the wireless carrier industry, which is very stodgy and staid, and, you know, it's their highway, and, you know, you can pay their tolls or get off of right. it. Uh, and so he's been doing a series of events called Uncarrier. Uh, and yesterday he actually unveiled Uncarrier 8 on Yahoo. Uh, he did an interview with, with my boss, David Polk, um, where he talked about uh, a new concept called data rollover which is to say if you um, pay for uh, five gigs a month and you use three, next month you get seven. If you use three that month, then it rolls over to the next month. You know, so basically you're, you use what you pay for. Um, and this is just another little incremental step in his attempt to actually make the telecom industry competitive. Interesting. Uh, and for that, I think he deserves a, a hero status. Well, yeah. I mean, the telecom industry, you know, actually I listed AT&T as a zero, um, you know, yes. one they, they were throttling unlimited data users, and then their you know, their bogus threat to um, you know withdraw broadband you know broadband development um, that wasn't even planned <laughs> in response to net neutrality 
Um, that that that's what earned me them a zero. So yes, I mean that's definitely something positive. Yeah, I'm I'm oh. going to jump in and as a as a T-Mobile customer, in fact, I'm going to jump in and agree with that. Uh, very very much so. Uh, the you know I I think one of the great things is the fact that the AT and T acquisition of T-Mobile uh, didn't go through, got blocked, and you know the objection to that was that if you keep the company separate, that you'll get more competition, more disruption in the uh, uh, in the market, more more consumer facing, consumer centric uh, developments, and uh, you know as Dan is saying, that's that's exactly what we we're seeing from T-Mobile. As right. a standalone company. Now, um, we had some so other interesting kind of um, on the on the um, zero side. We had a couple of companies get caught doing experiments. And um, oh. what do you guys think of them? You know, for example, there was OKCupid and Facebook. You know, did that bother you? Well, um, in terms of you know their experiments, it sounds like like they're doing human experiments and they are uh, but what they're really doing is they're messing around with data uh, and um, like a, a, the guy um, who's the um, kind of like the data wonk for OkCupid wrote a very funny blog post explaining uh, how and why they do it and they've been doing this since the beginning uh, they are constantly experimenting with data um, and Facebook did a little bit of experimenting with data by showing some people some things or showing you know deliberately showing them negative um, things in their news feed to see how they reacted and, you know it would be fine if they told people. It would be fine right, if they got right. consent. You know, disclosure and consent, two very, very basic things that Facebook should know by now, uh, but didn't. Neither so happened. In that instance, they're zero. You know, right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, both of them, those of those experiments can be recharacterized as they were effing with people. <laughs> and if you're going to eff with yeah. people, you, you should um, – you should disclose that. But one thing that we should disclose is that we're about to take a break, and we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report on Webmaster Radio. We'll be back with Heroes and Zeros with our August panel after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. All-Inclusive Market is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in All-Inclusive Marketing means award winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. 
Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back and we're talking to Dan Tynan and Jonathan Handel about um, this year's 2014's Heroes and Zeros. And uh, we were just talking about Facebook and OKCupid and their experiments. You know, one thing that seemed to trip people up this year a um, number of companies had epic fails on um, Twitter, um, whether it was Giorno or actually Bill Cosby. Um, or even worse, I don't know if you saw the US Air one, um, that was somewhat pornographic. Actually, it was pornographic. Um, any thoughts on that? Or is this just, you know, people just have to learn um, to have better controls on social media? Well, people. Well, I would um, say. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, th- thanks. Thanks. Um, I, I think that people do need to be more sensitive to what social media is about and. Uh, it's it's a very fluid kind of situation because uh, people will, will accept certain kinds, t- certain types of uh, uses of social media, and others, uh, you know, the pendulum or the or the the needle is 180 degrees, and people just re- reject it. You know, the the Cosby situation is an interesting one because you just look at that and you're like, were these publicists just completely? you know, uh, tone deaf where they, they're completely unaware of the way social media works. Uh, I mean, to, to invite people to submit their own, you know, their own memes, basically to submit their own captions and comments at a time when, uh, Cosby was, uh, you know, was, was, was in the news over, uh, the sexual allegations was just crazy. That's, that's, that's the time that you want to control the message, not open it up. Uh, right. You know, to everyone on your on your platform. Yeah, I said on the on the blog post that you know he made himself a bigger target than Fat Albert. <laughs> yeah, that's that's well put, Dan. Hey, well, Dan. actually, yes, you can. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, Twitter actually is is kind of at the center of a number of incidents, but probably to me the biggest one was GamerGate. And yes, I don't know if you guys are that's on the list. That, but yeah, that's on the list. We haven't yeah. talked about it yet. Yeah. So um, just to summarize, um, Gamergate started uh, when some, you know, diehard gamers decided that they were going to express their ire against a woman who reviews games, who apparently was having a relationship with someone who makes games and decided that this was an ethical conflict and they were going to expose her. And this blew up into this enormous thing where people started harassing all of these women write reviews of games and physically threatening them and publishing their address and saying they were going to show up at their house and these women actually had to leave their homes and flee for a while because they were afraid for their safety. 
And this is still going on. This started in August. It's still happening. And, uh, you know, the people who behind this are just the worst people uh, on the planet. But more than that, uh, Twitter came under criticism itself for not doing enough to allow people to report and stop abuse. And in fact, at the beginning of this month, on December 1st, they announced new policies that make it easier to report people and make it harder for the people you block to see you and get to you. Yeah. Uh, it took them three months. Yeah, I, mean, I saw that development. That is, that is promising. Now, the one thing that, you know, that's ironic about uh, Gamergate is um, we actually had a segment on it uh, when uh, Anita Sarkeesian was um, basically was there were death threats at when she was going to speak yeah. at Utah State, and and here's an industry that for years has you know, anytime there's a school shooting has responded, you know we're not responsible, um, we we don't create you know we're not creating we're not responsible for creating the climate that leads to school shootings, and they were threatening a school shooting, <laughs> and, and yeah. so um, it just it seemed to be such an ironic and, and sad and twisted. Um, the state of affairs, but yes, I, it, it's it's deplorable. Um, it's the ultimate in douchebaggery, um, and you know, get a life. I mean, come on. You know, it, it really to put it in a large, in a slightly larger context, it really is a, a perfect illustration of both the strengths and uh, downside of the internet, because the you know the internet allows people who are like minded to come together and to express themselves and to support each other. And that's the positive way of putting it. It's, you know, the, right. the, the gay kid in Peoria who doesn't know anyone else who's gay and, you know, find support, um, you know, someone with a rare disease, someone with a, with a rare hobby, you know, all of that. But the flip side is that the internet also enables people with, um, you know, more, dangerous or negative ideas to come together and and amplify themselves, whether it's, you know, facilitating a terrorist plot just through email and internet cafes right. around the world, or or whether it's um, the sort of rush to, you know, the, 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 the villagers with the, you know, with the with the torches uh, rushing around in a panic, uh, you know, creating this sort of hostility. That is, you know, that is Gamergate, and it's just that, as you guys both said, is just a horrible thing. Now, the the flip side of that is, you know, there are or can be done positively for good, and I think the best story in that element was um, Jennifer, what Jennifer Cunningham did for her son Colin. Um, she had a happy birthday Colin page on Facebook, and Colin is a, I believe, like ten or ten years old kid who has Asperger's. Asperger's um, no one would sit with him in school. He has no friends, and um, he just wanted you know to have some. He wasn't even looking forward to his birthday because he had no friends to celebrate it with. And mm-hmm. so his mother set up this page and got over a million likes um, for this guy. This this really wonderful kid's birthday, and he ended up celebrating it on Good Morning America. And oh, you know, wow. just what a wonderful way to use social media to help a kid who'd been bullied. And um, for him to, you know, basically have um, the cyber world say, "We got your back." You know that that is certainly uh, goes in the in the heroes column for sure, and it it is a you know a wonderfully positive example of um, you know of the. I mean, 
you know, are people inherently good or inherently evil? The, you know, the answer is both. I mean, it comes down to that. And we, we see that magnified uh, and under a magnifying glass uh, on the hero side as well as the zero side. Now, one thing we highlighted on the hero side, and I don't know if you guys have any comments on either of these cases, um, both um, we had um, California Attorney General Kamala Harris and as well as um, Carl Cronenberger, um, but who each won landmark judgments in um, revenge porn cases this year, Kamala Harris on the criminal side, Carl on the civil side. And I thought that was a major development that deserved a shout out. And um, in addition, we had a show with um, Ben Smith, the prosecutor in uh, tiny Sac County, Iowa, who's been taking on ripoff report after it basically engaged in um, witness and juror intimidation um, during a trial against involving the ex-wife of one of its enemies. And have you guys been following either of those issues? Um, I myself, really yeah, no, not 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 closely. Dan? No, I haven't really followed them either. So it's up to you, Ben. Carry the ball. Oh no! I just we well, we had <laughs> we had we've had Ben on um, to explain what was going on and, and um, in, with the ripoff report case, and an indictment has been issued. And um, so I just wanted to say hats off to all three of them. Um, but it just just that's something to watch and unfold. I guess another positive development, really, on the use of technology for positive to good, was the umbrella revolution. Um, you know, they use we were using fire chat and, and social media to really organize. And you know, I mean, if you look at what happened with the Umbrella Revolution, that is what China is afraid of in the internet. You know, it's not necessarily afraid of what they post, but it's afraid of people organizing. That's you know that I I I think that's right. I mean, it you know it once again shows the you know the power of you know, of the, of the internet, or at least the potential power, you know, it's, uh, the umbrella revolution has sort of, uh, the collapsed at this point, right? I mean, the, um, the, uh, tents and so forth have been, I think have all been cleared away at this point, if I'm correct. Right. Uh, so there are, there are sort of, uh, progress is incremental, I guess is the best way of putting it. But, you know, we, one of the tenants of this country is, you know, that we, tr- that we try to honor as much as possible, uh, you know, is freedom of speech. And clearly uh, the Chinese government, you know, takes a very different approach to whether people should be able to express themselves and, uh, and be open about what's, you know, what's going on in their lives, what they, how they feel, what sort of government they, uh, they want and all of that. And uh, Hong Kong is just such an, I, I've been to Hong Kong. Uh, it is such an interesting place uh you know a unique place because of the tension between what hong kong was you know which was right. an outpost of outpost of the uk right and and what it is now and what it's becoming which is you know sort of step by step uh controlled by the central beijing government right it's where the sun rose in the british empire um have any of you been following what's going on in the european union with respect to the right to be forgotten kind of greater pushes for have data localization in, in Europe and, and also the trying to break up um, Google? Yes. Yeah. I've been, um, uh, I've been following, you know, all that with, um, with some avid interest. I mean, it's, uh, and, and that's actually a good segue from the, <clears throat> excuse me, from, you know, the standpoint of the first amendment uh, 
you know, here in the U.S., um, right. we we have a strong First Amendment. We don't have a strong right to privacy um, or control over one's own information. You know, the the people that collect information about you know about me are the ones that own it. In, in essence, whether it's a credit agency or um, you know, or a credit card company or a um, you know or Amazon or whoever it might or Google, whoever it might be, and in Europe. Uh, the uh, right of free expression is slightly dialed down, perhaps, and the right of privacy is definitely dialed up in, in, in comparison with the U.S. as a, you know, if you use that as a baseline. And as a result, you ended up with this uh, uh, binding decision by the uh, top European uh, court that said that um, there is a right to be forgotten, that there is a right under certain circumstances anyways to require that Google remove links to, uh, to things that are, you know, sort of old. And I mean, it's, it's a bit of a balancing test. It's not, it's, it's not clear, you know, you, you can't have anything that you want regardless, uh, removed, but you can have potentially a lot, uh, a lot removed. And we had, um, Jules Polineski on and he, he thought this is going to be thought of as the worst decision in, in EU history. But, you know, at the same time, my concern about some of the other things that's going on in the EU is that it's, it's really um, kind of internet, their local internet protectionism that seems to be maybe driving some of this. What they're really trying to do under the guise of whether it's, you know, shouting out at the NSA and trying to require data localization or trying to break up Google is that they're really trying to enhance the, the position of their own you know, e-commerce and um, cloud services? Well, I don't know. That may be, um, that may be true to some extent, but I think that um, uh, there is a very strong privacy tradition in the EU. Um, There are, uh, there is some cultural protectionism. Uh, You know, you've seen, for example, Netflix having a somewhat slow going, and ha- having to be very sensitive to local, uh, uh, you know, mores when they've moved into, for example, France just recently. Uh, so, you know, some of that's organic. I don't know that it's um, economic protectionism so much as it is more uh, cultural uh, protectionism. You know, the, the Google breakup thing is interesting. I mean, the, the, the EU uh, antitrust regulators are very, um, are very active and, you know, in contrast to even as recently as 10, 15 years ago, when uh, if you if you looked at a proposed, you know, uh, merger, your your major issues would be the Department of Justice, the FTC, the FCC for communications. Uh, now, with companies being as transnational as they are and with the EU being as active as it is in antitrust, uh, you know, you'll get deals that uh, potentially would be scuttled by the EU. And, you know, rather than by the American regulators and, and the breakup of Google, I mean, that's, that's an evolving question. I mean, this is really, you know, Google is sort of on its way to becoming Skynet, right? I mean, they, uh, you know, they, they own a half dozen uh, robotics companies. Uh, they have a quarter billion dollar investment in Uber. Uh, they now control an airfield. Uh, they have a 60 year lease on uh, on Moffett Field uh, in Silicon Valley, a NASA facility. Uh, you know, and there's all those balloons too. And there's all those balloons, the balloons, uh, the self-driving cars. Uh, you know, the 
the, the robots, the, the Nest thermostat. Well, um, you, men- you mentioned you Uber, and right. Uber's a hot one. Um, yep. I have them on my zeros, and they, yep. they still seem to be stepping in it. I mean, after the Sydney, um, you know, a hostage situation, they actually, you know, they, they did their, they ramped up their pricing, um, their surge pricing, and um, got a lot of criticism, and then they reversed it after, you know, getting criticized for it. But, Dan, what's your take on Uber? Well, you know, um, I think they should be on this list like 10 times. Um, because, you know, and the, the problem is... <laughs> that make it easy, wouldn't themselves, it? It would. And the entire list is zeros. Uber, 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 Uber. Um, because there's lots of incidents. And what it speaks to is a culture of we don't give a damn. Right. Uh, we're the bad boys. We're disrupting. And that's what matters most. And our venture capitalists love us. So screw you. That's the attitude. Well, not only just um, screw you, that, but we're going to research you and publish stuff about you. So double screw you. Yeah, I think... I think that was a little overblown, that story, um, but it shows you what they think. Right. Uh, and uh, a colleague of mine, Jason Ponton at MIT Tech Review, put it perfectly. He said it was Nixonian. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it was this attitude like the press is the enemy. If only we didn't have the press, everything would be fine. So let's investigate the press. Dan, do you want, uh, do you want to remind I, people what, what, what the guy said? Well, basically, it was an exec, uh, and I can't, Emil Michael, I believe his name was, on the show, and he's pretty high-level executive at Uber. It was a private dinner, one of those cozy little dinners with Ariana Huffington and various people who are, you know, beautiful or, you know, have a lot of money anyway. And um, they happened to invite, uh, stupidly, Ben Smith from BuzzFeed, uh, and they (laughs) apparently didn't tell him it was an off-the-record dinner. And so he was sitting at one end of the table with this dude uh, who started talking about how certain journalists have it in for Uber and how, how would the journalists feel if we investigated them? You know, what would it take? A million bucks and four um, opposition researchers, and we would dig up all of this dirt, and then we could publish it on it. Sarah Lacey, in particular, editor of Pando Daily, and so see how Sarah feel, would feel about us publishing information about her the way she publishes about us. Well, and it also and came at the time... Sure. At the time that they hired David Plouffe as their um, kind of their PR guy, and so David hiring um, no, no Plouffe, uh, Obama's campaign manager, and oh, so Plouffe. hiring yeah, right. a, hiring a political operative and then using you know op research, you know the term, yeah. you know, clearly signaled that this this was their mindset and actually could be could have been it sounded like it was a very serious statement. Yeah. And, of course, you know, it gave Sarah Lacey a chance to play the agreed victim in public, which she loves. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was a lose-lose for everyone. But, you know, it was just one in a series of, of things they've done over the last year, including some really nasty, dirty tricks uh, with their competitors, like trying to call, uh, occupy all the drivers of their competitors in the city with fake requests and then not showing up. Okay. You know, um, and they actually admit this stuff. One of the uh, – one of the – Heroes on our list is our wonderful producer Brasco, and uh, we're going to become zeros on his list. And we don't take a short break and come back after these messages. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business <laughs> Report only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. InternetMarketingInc.com is one of the 
fastest-growing full-service digital marketing agencies in the country, specializing in providing results-driven online marketing solutions. Internet Marketing Inc.'s passionate team prides themselves on staying ahead of marketing trends to create and implement campaigns that get more traffic to your website, gain positive brand awareness, and drive conversions. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. (coughs) Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm Shipping Nirvana starts here. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back with Dan Tynan and Jonathan Handel. Um, very quickly, before we give it back to our guests, I just want to run through some of the other, um, do some shout-outs to some of the other heroes. Um, Danielle Citron, she's been a thought leader on hate um, and the Internet. She has a book right now, Hate Crimes in Cyberspace. Um, Shout-out to her. Um, Definitely congratulations to the FTC on 100 years. Um, this was their 100th anniversary in September. Um, a big shout-out to Lisa Goldman. She's the wife of Eric Goldman and um, who's been on the show a number of times. And, and Lisa is battling um, lung cancer. And you know she never smoked. And so she's, um, like many non-smokers who have lung cancer, um, discovered it quite late in development and has really been doing a great job in trying to raise awareness of this issue through her blog, Every Breath You I, we take every breath I take. Excuse me. Um, shout out to Kira Knightley um, for um, bringing attention to um, women's body image and refusing to succumb to Photoshop. Um, um, big shout out to Reporters Without Borders. They actually have a post uh, 100 Information Heroes. I encourage you to go check that out. Um, shout out to Malala uh, Yousafzai. Um, I know I just butchered her name, but. Um, she's a Nobel Peace Prize winner, a, a blogger who actually um, the Taliban shot because um, she was trying to get an education. And then a final shout-out to um, our departing congressman here, Henry Waxman. Um, he's the sixth longest member of Congress, serving member of Congress, actually the longest serving Jewish member of Congress. And uh, he's just been a, a legend in both in Capitol Hill and here in Southern California and a good friend of the tech industry and uh, – um, he will be missed, and I just want to congratulate him on an outstanding career. But, guys, do you have any other um, heroes or zeros you want to give attention to? Um, has anyone talked about Comcast yet? No. Well, um, I, something that went viral about four months ago was a uh, phone call recorded by uh, – actually, it was by a tech editor who uh, called and tried to cancel his Comcast subscription and – 
the guy just wouldn't let him do it. Uh, and that went hugely viral. We picked up that story and it was like enormous. People were totally plugged into that because everyone's had that experience, right? You call to cancel, right. especially uh, you know, your cable or sometimes your phone and you get the hard sell. And so uh, I thought that was definitely worth a, a zero. That, that definitely. Um, I, I heard, remember that story. It was quite bad. Um, Jonathan, do you have any others? Yeah, I, I noticed that um, Ellen DeGeneres is on your list as a hero. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to give a, um, a, a shout out to Ellen and, um, uh, and, and also sort of remind people of just how far the, um, uh, the gay rights movement has come. Because remember when she came out on her, right. uh, on her show years ago, right? She, um, that was sort of the end of her career for a while. And now she's one of the most successful people in entertainment. Uh, is really a beloved uh, talk show host, and um, you know we 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 see by at the by the same at the same time in the same token, you know such a reversal in attitudes towards gay marriage, for example, and um, the last uh, the last decade for gay people and for the uh, gay rights movement has been an amazing one, and uh, celebrities like Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, who've come out and uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Matt Bomer and a whole range of others uh, through their presence uh, in the media and on the internet uh, have, have made a difference. And so Ellen and Bo and the rest of them really are all heroes in my mind. Well, I, I posted the, uh, the, 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 I credit her as a hero because um, you know, she showed that you, you could crash Twitter over something other than Kim Kardashian's tush. <laughs> that's a that is a valid one as well <laughs> dan anything further is so is kim kardashian such a hero or a zero i i, I decided I not it, to touch touch it so does, oh so does yeah <laughs> as if i'm a married man <laughs> i'm telling wanda <laughs> um, um i actually would not like to nominate a hero and it's a weird one um okay Really? And so the reason, going. really, because uh, his, you know, his business practices aren't great. And, you know, uh, Amazon is as arrogant as Apple in many ways. But, you know, he bought the Washington Post about a year ago, and we we're all waiting for the hammer to fall. And instead, he's rebuilt it. He's turned it into a pretty major newspaper again. Um, they're breaking stories. They're hiring people. They have aggressive editorial policies. Now, I think he actually saved it. That may be true. Um, hopefully, he, he has a cousin that wants to buy the Times in Los Angeles. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people were dreading that day, and um, so that is that's very insightful. Um, so we only have a few minutes left. Um, I want to once again thank my producer um, Brasco for everything he's done this year, and I want to thank all our guests um, throughout this year who have made this such a successful year. Um, we were getting close to our 200th show, and uh, so when particularly you guys, I mean, you're multiple guests, and Dan, you've been on this show um, probably more than I have. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, in any event, I want to thank you both. And do you have any um, Christmas or holiday wishes or New Year's wishes you want to share? Or um... my uh, my wish would be that that. Uh... The holidays uh, for everyone will be happy and joyous, and that next year will be even better than the last. That's a good one, Dan. 
Uh, and my wish is that uh, everyone log off on Christmas. That's an and interesting give it a rest one. for a day. You know, now, we uh, had a sh- go ahead, Dan. We actually had a show. People spend too much time on this. Yes. Right, we had uh, a high school classmate of mine who was on our show very early on, um, William Powers. He, he wrote a book on Hamlet's Blackberry. And it's all about having Cyber Sabbath. Um, you know, they, he and his family unplugged on the weekend. And it wasn't religious reasons. It was just, you know, for that, you know, for um, kind of realness in interactions with people. And having real conversations, and, and he loves it, and he's been touring all over the world on this issue. So um, that's a great topic. Um, but definitely, if you do plug in, you should make sure to download our podcasts, which are available on webmasterradio.fm, as well as iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, and a few others. But um, So we only have a, a minute or two left. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday. Um, kind of um, to paraphrase Tony Tim, God bless everyone. Um, I hope you have a happy and safe holiday, and I hope you look forward to talking to you right here once again in the new year. I'm here on Wednesdays at 10 on Cyber Law and Business Report. Um, a big shout out to Holly Toop. I'm graduating from Lamar University. Way to go, girl. Um, and that's all we have. So, gentlemen, thank you. It's been an honor to have such an August panel once again and um, so that wraps up our Heroes and Zeros edition um, join us next year we'll have another great year of Cyberlaw and Business Report and please let us know what you think um, find us on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com or on Twitter Cyberlaw Radio look forward to hearing from you Happy New Year be safe and be prosperous all the best to everyone thank you thank you Ben. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.